Hello once again, everybody. It is Monty and Mickey, the Pulp Culture Podcast. Today, we are talking Star Wars. I know we've got a lot of Star Wars fans out there. It's uh, definitely something that's a popular topic. Uh, today, we're going to be focusing on the original trilogy. Uh, so that original 1977 through the early 80s, that those three movies uh, we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, hopefully in future episodes, we'll touch on the prequels and some of the newer movies. Uh, but today, that's going to be our uh, main main topic, main uh, uh, bit of information that we're going to be covering. Uh, so I guess we're, we're going to kind of start it out, uh, and, and like we had talked about before, with uh, some, some different segments and just kind of break up uh, what, we're, what we discuss a little bit more as opposed to just a movie review. Uh, so we're going to kind of start out with uh, what's in the news or uh, kind of uh, things in pop culture that we've been seeing. And, things what we do every week. These and these are, these are segments that will be reoccurring that we'll be, we'll be talking about. So I guess, uh, Mickey, you got any uh, new things that you've just seen or you've seen on Facebook or in the news of, of new pop culture, uh, things that have been announced or any, any, anything else like that that, that you've, uh, you've seen? Uh, there's nothing that stands out um, right now, but um, so no. How about you? <laughs> well, the biggest thing that I heard in the last, uh, uh, last couple of weeks is that Robert Pattinson was announced as the next Batman who will be starring in the next Batman standalone movie. Now, uh, we're definitely going to be doing a, a future episode on DC and Batman by itself, uh, but this is definitely... Monty's a huge fan of Batman. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I, he was a, li- a little bit of a fan, fanatic, some might say. Um, but there's a lot that's going on in DC right now, and it's it's insane what directions they've gone, the, the Justice League and everything else. And then there's standalone movies, and then I guess Wonder Woman 1989, they just released a poster and a release date for that in 2020. Uh, so those types of things, we'll definitely be touching on DC Comics as a whole, but there's just... There's just a, a lot of a lot of different directions that they're going. Um, another big announcement that was actually just recently uh, uh, provided is that uh, Kevin Feige, I believe, uh, Marvel, is it, I think it was Kevin Feige, uh, he mentioned that Endgame is getting a re-release in the theaters, and there will be a delete at least one deleted scene. And I believe they said a tribute to Stan Lee as like a quasi end credit scene. Oh yeah, I guess I did see that. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting about that is they're very, very close to beating Avatar at this point for largest grossing film of all time, a uh, couple million dollars away. Which, in terms of you know the different uh, how much money these movies make nowadays, it's not that much. But it's been almost two months in the theaters now. Yeah, it's been it's been in there for a while. One of the things that people said is the reason why Avatar was able to grow so much was because a lot of those ticket sales were 3D, so their oh, tickets sure. were more, more expensive. expensive yeah. Um but it it feels weird. I don't I don't think I'll go and see it a third time. I don't um I think that this is something that the the, the the scene will probably be released on Blu-ray and it'll be a part of at least the special features or whatever. Um but it's it's extremely transparent that that's what Marvel and Kevin Feige are, are trying to do is just beat Avatar is really the biggest thing. They're, they're trying to get that little bit push over the edge because you know that there's people that are going to be like, 
there's an extra three seconds of the Hulk. I'm going to go see it again, yeah. you know? So for that. there, there's uh, That's a little bit. That's what did with Star Wars. Right. They re-released it with the digitally enhanced uh, different views. And stuff right. Like it, yeah. And so, and so we'll, we'll see what comes of that. I mean, honestly, just because I think, I think Endgame's a better movie than Avatar. I don't know. Did you ever see Avatar? I saw it when it first came out when I was in Arizona for a Packer Jacob game, actually. Yeah. yeah. Did it was you, awesome in the I, theater. We saw it 3D and everything. Right. And I was impressed, but then after you think about it for a while, you break it down, you're like, yeah, that's man versus machine. I mean, I've seen that story before, so it, it was cool. It was really well done, but I haven't seen it again. It honestly surprised me that, that that movie is the largest grossing of all time because it is a good movie. Like nobody would say, you know, but you when you think of like largest grossing movie of all time, and, and I think that, you know, inflation, some other things play into that. Of and course. it's not a it's not a clean, you know, with the, you know, translation of money, but it's it doesn't it when I think of largest grossing, like I think of like like Star Wars, like what we're gonna talk about. Iconic or I think of movies. Titanic, which is up there. It is one of those. But yeah, I think the last time I saw it was like five or six out of the top ten grossing movies of all time are MCU movies. That's insane. Which, it's, it all, all, yeah. th- all three or four Avengers and then like one or two of the other ones are in the top ten highest grossing movies Overall, of all time. So they've been done in the last 15 years. So they're making a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, they know what they're doing, obviously. Uh, so yeah, so keep keep in the mind that I guess that, that uh, we're going to, you know, that we'll see what happens. We'll see if that that pushes through. Um, yeah. So upcoming movies from DC, like we talked about, uh, that that Robert Pattinson, uh, who got his uh, his uh, fame from Twilight, he's going to be starring in the new Batman movie. There's a new Joker movie coming out uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and that movie. And this is kind of a little bit of catch up because this isn't really new, new news. But for us, it's you know we're talking about it. Um, it's going to be a standalone movie that doesn't tie into the rest of the, I think they call it DCEU. So like DC's version of the MCU. They said it's going to more focus on basically how the Joker became the Joker. Okay. So, so it's going to be more of a, Batman. yeah, like I don't think that they're going to even, they may barely reference Batman, but it's not, it's going to be more of a mental health movie. Sure. And like a uh, criminal movie. So he is a bad guy. He's a bad guy, but you get to see how what he what he happens in his life. So um, how how he got those scars? Because he's a popular character, considering he's a villain. I mean, right? Everybody knows who he is for one thing. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, there's there's a lot of different. I mean, there's always things trickling in, even this late in the game of different Avengers and Endgame um, uh, things that people noticed in the in the movie. Um, the new, the new video game came out, which is kind of when you watch, when you watch Marvel movies and you watch the trailer for the video game, it's kind of, kind of funny the way that they portray them, but, um, that could be good. Um, yeah. So I guess let's, uh, let's get into the main topic then, uh, of, of what we, we have for this episode. Uh, and let's kind of start out with what, what our experiences were as far as, how old we were and, and what, how we were perceiving the movies as they came out. So Mickey, if you want to kind of start out, because I know you, you saw the movies, uh, relative around originally. originally in, did you, did you see them in the theaters? Then, well, or? I was five or six. Okay. No, actually I was three years old when the first one came out. Okay. So I wouldn't have seen that in the theaters. My, no. my parents are 
sick and twisted because they raised me, obviously, but they wouldn't have brought a three-year-old into the theater, especially for a movie like that. So I think I saw that one once I was about five or six and, you know, old enough to comprehend that kind of stuff. I did see Empire and Return of the Jedi in the theater, and that's when I became the lifelong fanatic, freaky, you know, twisted Star Wars fan that I've become. And like you say, I mean, even in college, (laughs) me and my roommates would have um, individual where we'd have private screenings of all three movies sometimes. So that's what that kind of college life we were living. It it took over our lives. And even by the age of adulthood, we were still, you know, acting as children, loving the movie so much. So that's the kind of influence it's had on me since basically a few years out of the womb. So, and, and that's kind of consistent with what I've seen or what, when I've talked to other people about their experiences and now, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to touch on what, what my experience is and what I've, I've kind of how I experienced the movies as I got older, but I guess, from your point of view, Mickey, you so you kind of grew up and you were born before the movies came out. I don't know that I grew up, but yeah. I <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you you uh, got older. I, yeah, I guess. that's for sure. Older and yeah, smart ass, smart, wiser. smart, smart ass. Yeah, what, wiser. Sorry, sorry. If you got the kids in the room, please uh, cover their ears for profanity. Donkeys, donkeys, smart donkey. Um, but you, so you grew up. And you had that experience of kind of like seeing it as it as it happened. In my mind, I kind of build up Star Wars as being, you know, and we talked about earlier about Endgame as kind of like defining the generation. Did did it did it feel like was there a, a buzz or an excitement? Like did it feel different than other movies, or is this one of those franchises? And and being the age that you were, you probably weren't recognizing the same things as somebody who was probably like sixteen or eighteen Not when it first came I out. I hope I didn't, but. I mean, and uh, you know, I was like six or seven when the when Empire came out. I don't know that I was, you know, had my finger on the pulse of society right. at that point either. But right. even by the time Return came out, I could tell that this was an iconic, you know, once in a lifetime type of uh, um, traditional movie. You know, that right. people just it was going to change their lives. They were going to follow for the rest of their life. You can already kind of tell, just like you said, the buzz, the toys. Everything that came along with it, you could tell that it was going to change people's lives. It changed. It was groundbreaking for cinematography and all that kind of stuff too. So I, I don't know. I, I can't look back and say that I really recognize that. But I think by the time I was nine or ten, I could already see that. Yeah, this is huge. This is one of the biggest, best movies done of all time. At least that I knew about it. And in the fact that you were able to recognize that at a young age, like which I, I would consider young in, in terms oh, of being sure. able to under fully understand, like. That, that says a lot about what it was. And, and from everything that I've heard and, and read about this franchise is it was, yeah, it was a blockbuster from the beginning. So it was something that they that didn't even expect. They didn't know people, what it was, how it was going right. to happen. George Lucas did not know how it was going to happen, what was going to happen. He didn't know there'd be more than just one movie he, released even. Absolutely. He, he, he had an idea for what he wanted to do, but he what, there was nothing for sure. And then it hit and everything. So... So that's that's part of the reason why we're doing this one as the next topic of of conversation for for our podcast is because this is I mean when when you start talking about uh, in terms of geeky pop culture you can't have the discussion of sci-fi uh, comic books uh, you know all of that you can't have that discussion without mentioning Star Wars there's there's no way that you can 
realistically have a full conversation about that. And so that's why we want to we want to dive into this original. And, and like I said, each each episode we're going to try to tackle a different trilogy because honestly, we could do one episode for each movie if we wanted to. But to just to just kind of uh, talk further about they've been out them. for a while, so that's why we're not doing it that way. Right there, there, yeah. And there's definitely, I mean, just like anything else, you could you could spend a long time dissecting every frame of the movie. Uh, but so for me, what I the way I experienced Star Wars was. So I was born in 1990. Uh, I probably didn't watch my first Star Wars movie till probably yeah around yeah I don't know six eight some somewhere around in there. In the first Star Wars movie, and and even at that age, I recognized the fact like because my parents were talking about it. You know, you see the 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 toys, which we'll get into the franchise or the the toy franchise and the merchandising a little bit today too. But you saw those even like I've got new toys that I got before the prequels come out, came out of movies that came out 10 to 15 years before I was buying this toy. Like that says how important this was and how much they were still producing new toys you for a franchise. You hadn't seen the movie necessarily. I, I hadn't even seen the movie, but I saw toys in stores. Yeah. I saw posters. I saw, so I knew that this was a big deal. I knew that it was, it was something that was, was fun and that people enjoyed. And so it's kind of weird, but the way that I first, uh, the order that I watched them in because of, it didn't matter because all three of them were out by the time I was born is I watched return of the Jedi on VHS and I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. I, you know, I thought this is great, you know, whatever. I did no idea about the rest of the story or anything, but again, eight years old. And then I think I, I watched, uh, I think I might've watched new hope and then empire and kind of, so kind of in a backwards order, but no, that's right. um, you must have watched them. But I watched, but I watched Return of the Jedi first oh, okay. on on VHS. I remember having the Return of the Jedi VHS and being like, for whatever reason, my parents bought it and I might have been talking about it or knew about it, and I was just like, that was a big deal. And then THX comes on the screen, and like, and you're just like, wow, this is you know, you're on your tube TV and however old, and you got you know your VHS rewinder next to it, and you're like, oh my god, this is insane, you know. So. So I was excited. I mean, being the age I was, I was probably excited about it too. But I, I really enjoyed it. And so, so then I, I just, I was like, yeah, I'm hooked. I'm a Star Wars fan. I like this stuff. Then when I saw, and we'll we'll talk more about the prequels when we actually, like I said, in, in a separate episode. But the uh, the prequels came out in '99. Was the first one that came out. So Episode One came out in nine. So I was nine, and really, I, I as much as I liked Star Wars and as much as I was enjoying it. I didn't fully understand the impact that it was going to have. And, and there's some debate on whether or not the prequels are like people, well people don't really like them. And there's some, especially the people my age, they were most critical of those movies. Right. And that's, and that's what I was going to ask is because for me, it was, I, I kind of took it for lack of a better word. I took it for granted that, Oh, we're getting more star Wars movies, like big deal. We're getting another Batman movie. Big deal. Like it yeah. wasn't, it didn't have as much impact on me as somebody who had, been through that so so watching the prequels and when they announced that and that they were going to do this and knowing what you knew about the story of Anakin Skywalker and that he became Darth Vader and knowing that you're now going to see like Obi-Wan is young in in in, in Qui-Gon Jinn and you know what what kind of what would what did what was how was those received like people must have been very excited about it when it first oh, came yeah. out because well, there's so you much know. time in between 
you know, for one thing. So the, the anticipation, like, oh, I think most people my age had already just kind of concluded that we're never going to see any more Star Wars movies because that was George Lucas's opinion. He wasn't going to bother. He he had a he made a gold mine and why why you know wreck a good thing? But then all of a sudden, you know, they decided to keep going, and he was still involved in all that. And when everybody, I mean. All my buddies, all my geek buddies, even my non-geek buddies, because pretty much everybody I know was into it. And the buddies I know who weren't, we gave them a lot of crap for, you're not a Star Wars fan, what's your problem, you know? But I think, so the anticipation was there, the excitement was, I mean, it was overwhelming. And then they came out. And nothing's going to live up to the original. That's how people work. So everybody was like, oh, they just didn't, they blew it. That's not nearly as good. The first movie... There's a lot of character development, a lot of dialogue. So people were awfully like critical and it's just kind of boring. It's not nearly as good as your, well, nothing's like you say is ever going to live up to the original. So I loved it. Anything Star Wars related, I'm just going to go, I love it. I love it. You know, like a big dork, but right. my friends and a lot of people, I mean, just people you don't know when you, cause the conversation comes up everywhere. Cause Star Wars is that iconic. People were awfully critical and just disappointed because the standard was set so high and they thought that it didn't reach it. And that boggles my mind to this day. But again, that's, that's kind of the opinion that I found amongst a lot of people. And I want to, I definitely want to get into at the end of this episode, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about what, which ones of our favorite or what order of the, the episodes are our favorite of the, of the original trilogy. But oh, yeah. um, I, I, I took it from a different point of view because it was just, it was different for me. I was pro I was processing everything differently because well, sure. what I saw, like by that time, and and not that the 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 tech is uh, uh, the Star Wars the special effects, uh, Industrial Light and Magic was the uh, effects studio that that uh, Lucas Films or George Lucas created. He, they did an amazing job, and looking back at like the movies really do hold up, especially compared to what was around back when the first one came out. Right, and Return was head and shoulders above. A new hope even yeah in, in that yep. six years they had dramatically improved everything you know and that's and that's what i'm talking about is for those original trilogy even though that they were dated there was a still very high quality special effects yeah, special, that were yeah. um but what it what for me it was i i saw this filter of you know and then i saw the cgi that was introduced in the prequels honestly and and maybe i'm Maybe I'm I'm not the hardcore Star Wars fan, and and people I I don't like don't come to my house and stone me. But <laughs> I enjoyed the prequels. I yeah, thought that so they told I. a good story. You know, when you when you when you go back and look at them, I, I thought they were good. Um, and and well, like you didn't I said, have that biased opinion. No, nobody you, was telling me. Yeah, you know, and I didn't have can live up to the, the original. When I saw it, it was like me and that one other friend, maybe. And there was other people that definitely in my grade in my class, but I was in like elementary school, middle school, like. Their, their their perceptions were different. Like it wasn't people, your generations. No, movie. it didn't originally. But it's it's kind of like other comic books, movies, and in like Batman or whatever. Is this franchise really does span generations? Oh, and it's, yeah. it's very it's very cool and it's interesting to see how uh, a franchise like this is. It was released in the eighties and then it was released in the late nineties, uh, early two thousands, and then it was re it's been released. You know, there's another trilogy that's just been released or just about to you know finish up and so each generation like my kids I don't, I don't know that it'll still be going but my kids are like you know kids that are younger than me get to experience the newer ones too so it's a very it's it's interesting um but anyways so we'll, we'll why don't we get into uh kind of the 
the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about today. So start out. So Star Wars, A New Hope. Uh, when it was first released, it was just called Star Wars, correct? I believe yep. I believe they did not have a tag, A New Hope. They did not have a tag, because Episode Because, again, four. they didn't know they were going to release more than one. They, they didn't know. The uh, storyline was there for many movies, but George didn't know how well it would be received. I right. call him George because I'm friends with him. Right, right. Lukey Boy, as some of our other podcasting friends call him. Well, yeah. Um, and so you got Carrie Fisher, you got Harrison Ford, you got Mark Hamill, the, the three main pillars of the what this franchise, what this movie became. Um, and what I found when I re so we both rewatched all three movies. And what I find right away is you get to experience this is, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It doesn't feel weird and disjointed. You can get into this, like kind of immerse yourself into this world and be like, oh, yeah, they're just going to hop to the next planet. And it doesn't feel like it feels like there's history and there's a back and there's a backstory and there's culture that exists on these different planets and there's there's political alliances and, and different relationships and things. They do a very good job of somehow explaining that through a you know a droid that is a human cyborg relation in a, a walking garbage can like that's that's how well the story is written and how it is joined in the, the middle of a story you, so yeah right you you kind of come in the middle yeah you're middle of the star wars story as a whole but like i never questioned the fact that you know you that they got picked up at the very beginning by these basically trash collectors that go and flip whatever droids they can find in the middle of the desert i'm like oh okay this is just part of their world or there's two sons that luke's sitting so I, I found that they did a good job of that. I, I guess just kinda... like the MCU. I mean, right. Some of these things we're taking for granted. If you think, if you break them down, it's like, oh my god, that's obviously not possible in our world as we understand the cosmos. But just like the MCU, Star Wars, they, they tell the story so much that it's believable, and you don't question any of that stuff. Like, well, of course that's happening somewhere else. There's lots of galaxies. Of course that's happening. Right. And and you. I, I, and one of the things that you know, when you get into different fantasy, uh, different fantasy stories, different movies and TV shows that deal with this, what I would call like world making or map making or culture creating uh, situations. This is a situation, another situation where it's pretty seamless and he introduces languages and different races of aliens and he's creating all this stuff from his mind. Like this is, this is on par with uh, Tolkien creating an Elvish language. Like this is on par with that type of map building character building, um, not even character building, but like this whole world building different that he's, species, he's doing. It's a whole, a whole galaxy. Right. And, and you, you get to see that. And one of the things that I know from doing a little bit of research was that he wanted it to have the feel of like a worn and, and, and uh, used. And this isn't like fancy new, fresh NASA suit that you get off your spaceship and it's shiny and bright. Like if you really pay attention, like C-3PO's uh, armor or whatever, his, his, his uh, exoskeleton, I don't know, yeah. whatever it, it's, it's, 
dented and it's it's not shiny and and you know you've got mud and muck and like there it's yeah there's a there's a there's a feeling of these people like they've existed for a while this isn't like nasa getting on a spaceship and going to the moon and you got bright white suits and you you they they've they've existed they they've just grinded they've done this and you hear luke talking about his different the things that he's experiencing and the different things he wants to do and be working on his uncle's farm and all that. And well, C three PO and R two, the first scene you see them, they they're like lifelong buddies. They've been right. working together for years. So. Right. And and the fact that you know they talk about uh, Leia and the Princess Leia and oh you know the rebellion and the Empire and so it's it's all these things that that are introduced in such a very like low key way that you don't it doesn't feel like you're sitting and getting lectured to about what this planet is it's like those anything. original prequel movies that already come out and we're just all assuming this stuff and having no problem with it right these well, characters are already developed yeah we got it okay we'll learn more about them as the movie goes but i understand where they're coming from cuz like luke's a boy and he's like you said frustrated with he wants to go out and live his life and you know be part of the rebel alliance and all that stuff and and peru and and Uncle Owen are, you know, come on, we got farming to do and stuff. But right. yeah, but, but Uncle Owen will go yeah. to get some Tashi point to get some power converters, you right. know, just a whiny right. kid. And, and yeah, you believe it. Right. It's, it kind of hits home. It feels, people. yeah, it feels natural. Th- those interactions feel like you, you're not, it doesn't seem like a foreign concept because, and then the way they talk about droids and, you know, when they get to, most ice is is the yep. first city that yep. you know and you're in and, and uh obi-wan's like yeah we gotta we gotta find a pilot and we gotta do it like it just seems very like almost um like mechanical and very uh like objective oriented like we gotta do this this and this and it's just you kind of take it for granted and but they're they're on a floating like hovercraft car and you're just like okay that's just a part of their culture that's just yeah. a part of how they exist Land so speeders are the cars yeah and, and so i i really enjoyed that i i liked how the parallels that they made, you know, kind of when they went to what what they call the uh, what is it called the cafe scene, the cantina. To cantina. So that that it's like it's like a bar, and that's where you know you're meeting people, and there's kind of these scum of the universe type of people. And um, interesting to note, I've found some facts that I didn't know about these movies. Figurin Don and the Model Nodes, which are the band, <laughs> they were on Tatooine because Don owned Jab. Oh, Jabba the Hutt money. They first played at Slug's Palace. So that's why they were there. It comes down to everybody owing Jabba. That's why anybody's doing anything right. when it comes down to it. Right. And and the fact that they talk about Jabba and how how Han owes him money and how he's a smuggler. Like all of these things are built in and it, it, it just do do a good job. And so that's that's kind of I, I enjoyed the first movie looking back on it for for that aspect alone. Is it it didn't feel like work to try to catch up to the characters of where they were at. In, in their lives. You can kind of jump in, learn as you go, but still be able to enjoy and learn um, what what they're doing in a way that just didn't feel like school. It didn't so. feel like there were gaps missing that you had to go, I have to go find out more about this character because I don't believe it right. when it's coming out. So. Right. And some some TV shows, some some sci-fi movies and, and books, it does feel like that. I think, I think that there's a lot of times when, like, uh, my wife and I watch Game of Thrones and there's times where I have to pause and be like, because I've seen this already, this is this, and this is, there's there's a lot going on, and they're very. It, it seems like it transitions between scenes well. You you you're here, and then we're going to go to the next thing, or we're going to the next thing, and each time they move to a new place, you you have that excitement of being like, okay, now we're on the Death Star, 
Okay. Here's now, a new character. New, How are we yeah. going to find out about Here's him? a new alien. Here's this this Chewbacca guy. And it 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 they just do a good job of, of progressing the movie along the way. Um so I guess anything else on a new hope in well, general? Just or? you talk about like introducing all these different era, alien species. The cantina scene alone. Um there, I mean, they just pan around and you're seeing all these different characters and stuff. Like, I've read about some debate um, on, like, there, there was a character that looks like the Grim Reaper sitting next to Hammerhead. Um, whether he was or not, it, it looks exactly like it. Then, you know. I just want to I just want to stop for a second for anybody listening. The fact that Mickey just uh, used the name Hammerhead, yeah. which did not, the, the, this character no was never called out in the movie. It was, it's a part of the larger star wars universe star wars universe that each one of those characters in the cantina besides maybe a couple were then retroactively named in their the star wars universe from either toys that were mostly action you know that that kenner or somebody was like hey george what's this guy i don't know hammerhead you know and so they they had a name to to attach to the toy and and so those types of things uh which is just a part of the world building that's amazing because how many movies do we watch? It was like, oh, there's a character. It's like, okay, well, I, there's no you name. There's just, I don't see care. Head once. Yeah, and you've never seen him ever again. And it's been around long enough that yeah, I I just went right through him like everybody knows who he is. Kind of because anybody listening probably does know who he is. They know which character that is. I took it for granted. Yeah, without explaining. But I think most people who are listening to this probably have some idea who he is. But like you say, and you saw him one time. Yeah, and it's not like Luke came up to him. He's like. Hey, Hammerhead, how's it going? Yeah. Like, there's no, like, you don't, like, there's that's no, part they, of that. They just pan around. There's no, not even the subtitles saying this is, hey, this is Hammerhead. He doesn't right. have a name tag on or anything. So. Right. So, I'm sorry, but go no, ahead. You're that, saying that's, the, a, that's a very good point. That the I Grim Reaper, that it was kind of a Grim yeah, Reaper Yeah, well, character. and then, and then you, they go around, and the scene I'm thinking about specifically in the canteen is where Greedo's about to fire onto Han, and I have watched this movie 50 times, and I had never noticed before. There's... You can tell when he shoots first, it's not Harrison Ford anymore. It's either a, a, a stunt double or a dummy replica sitting there. I don't know if they thought that whatever was coming at him was going to maybe hurt Harrison Ford. I had never noticed that until this last viewing. So that's how quickly and good they hit all this stuff in a time of the cinematography and technology not being nearly what it is today. So I just I want to point that out because... I didn't even notice it in the 50 times I've watched it. And that's a good point. If we hadn't already said and praised George Lucas's uh, filmmaking ability, this was a very groundbreaking groundbreaking movie for the uh, effects that he had, the, the, the special effects that he was doing. And a lot of it was modeling and puppeteering and all these other things. But yeah, I I saw that. I, when you pointed that out, I, I had, I had seen that as it's kind of like, discontinuous there's something weird going on where he's kind of like yeah it's like a, a, a mannequin it's really or something. quick but there's a cut you can right. tell if you if you stop it and watch right exactly and and yeah and and so then in the rest of the movie what i did notice too and and this is you know maybe just a part of me just being really critical of movies and watching watching them too closely now but you can tell that they dubbed in darth vader's voice after the fact because the people around him, because his lips don't match. Oh, oh, oh wait! No, no, no. I never, I never noticed that before. His, ne- his, his heavy breathing doesn't match up with. It. <laughs> um, but the people around him it must have been the guy that was actually in the suit. And I, 
forgive me for not knowing the actual actor's name. name But George Earl Jones's uh, voiceover of him was, you could tell, was a little bit off because the people around him, his you know staff or whatever on the Death Star, they'll kind of like nod their head, and it's just like that's just a little off, like from what he's saying. So there was little things like that that I noticed, but for the time, like. Like I said, I, well, I can't can, imagine. You can pick apart that in any movie. Right. So, I mean, we're no. being very nitpicky by even noticing this stuff. And it took me 50 times, like I said, to even, I never even paid attention or saw what you're talking about. Even, so, yeah. yeah. And it, and it's, it's, I'm a little like, biased it's not a big deal. It doesn't, yeah, take away from the movie or anything. No, but it's, but it's, it's just interesting seeing those things and how, you know, it they, points out how difficult it must be, especially at that time to yeah. make a movie of this caliber. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, you've got New Hope. It was Star Wars that came out. Um, again, sorry. Was there anything else as far as that I, first I movie? I would have just or? mentioned like some of my favorite scenes. Uh, just seeing the cantina and just how they pan around and seeing all the different characters and the right. cool looking aliens and stuff. Um, I especially like when Darth and Obi Wan are Darth Vader and Obi Wan are having their epic battle scene, and mm-hmm. Darth strikes down Obi Wan, and he's just gone, and he steps right. on the cloak. Um, that's, you know, a pretty iconic scene. And I guess other than that, um, when Han shows up to destroy the TIE fighter, chasing Luke when he's going to destroy the right. Death Star, I mean, I still, after all the way too many times of having seen the movie, I still get goosebumps. And I'm like, yeah! Right. Know, like a stupid little kid cheering a, a sports team or something. So, And and part of the reason why that, that scene was so... Uh, uh, impactful is because of Han's character and how he's kind of like out for himself. I don't and, care about you know, anybody. I, I don't, yeah. And so it's, it's, that was cool too, to see, I mean, in, in any good movie will do this. It's not original by any means, but you definitely see the personalities come through right away. I mean, the way that Han talks to Chewie, he's the way that R2. And a smuggler and a, you know, he's got this kind of, yeah, like, uh, like Clint Eastwood kind of swagger, you know, uh, uh, this guy who knows it all. But then even like the banter between which let's I just want to point out the fact that droids are bantering in this movie yeah. and you have no freaking clue no. what R2-D2 says ever. But based on what C-3PO answers, you know, you he's know what he's saying yeah, and you can you can pick up on the conversation. It's like listening to somebody on the phone having a conversation and all you're hearing is what he is saying like. And in beeps and boops, you're able to have like a full like Especially, full character development. That's probably better than a lot of the movies that are coming out oh, today. Yeah. With when you can understand what they're saying. Especially right. when they're like separating on the desert. Right. And you know, R2 Fine, whatever. Go. I don't care what you think. I'm going this way. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that is amazing. I, you don't even think about that. But yeah, you you kinda and he's just a little a droid that you I mean, he looks like a garbage can. He's a garbage can with wheels. You have no idea what he's saying. But that guy, I think it's forgotten how much of a hero. He saves their butt time and time again right. in the first movie, much less all three. And he's just a little garbage can of nuts and bolts and right. stuff. I the, mean, the people, the aliens and human and, and other life beings on this in this world, they do value their droids very, very much. The robots are droids a lot. And these two have a distinct personality to each one of them. Right. Um and and even even with Chewbacca, which I don't think they ever translate his voice at all. That that's another one where that you know it's kind of it's a similar relationship between him and Han, and and how we don't know what they're saying, but you you're able to pick up enough, and it's part of that whole world building that you you kind of take for granted that they are able to. You don't question. You know, have that um, 
and and it and it's just a good it's a good way to kind of alleviate some of the seriousness and 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 have the that bantering and the other things that are going on that you're just like okay well I don't know what he's saying but I can at least understand based on how oh, this other person is reacting and, yeah. yeah um so then episode five comes out Empire Strikes Back uh, I believe that came out in 1980 if I'm right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That's email, correct. Email me. Uh, so 1980. The big reveal in that was the fact that they had episode five, Empire Strikes Back. That was kind of a big deal when it, when the, the, the beginning scroll, the Star Wars scroll started because up until that point, none of them were numbered. Episode five, what does this mean? So that was kind of a big deal when that when that happened obviously there's chapters that we didn't necessarily know about at the time right that you're you're understanding oh wow so so this is episode five the last one must have been four so what's one two and three and you know there, there's a whole other part of this that we you know you're starting to realize that the world is is bigger and there's more parts of this story um i loved that opening scene in empire i love the idea of hoth excuse me the snow speeders the ATAT, which do you say at at or you, at, at. you say at, 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 at okay yeah. so that's another debate in the star wars community yeah. is what because what is it's that all terrain something something i forget what it, there's a there's an actual what it stands for because there's at at or atat and then the atst yeah, which is and, the but two-legged like, ones but you pronounce that atst but i've always heard the large ones called at at so yeah. that's kind of contradictory i guess right and there, there's actually like other people have had these discussions and i, I don't think you're wrong oh. either way you're you're, you're okay yeah, nauseum, we, you know, we, these we, have been... we accept all all beliefs and, <laughs> and we, we we accept you as you are uh, but so that scene, I, I love that. I mean, that whole, the world of Hoth and, and that fight and everything that, that was probably one of my favorite fights in the whole franchise, to be honest. Um, but so you've got, you're, you're building on the story. You've got, you know, the stakes are higher now. Uh, there's Han is, is, uh, still kind of, you know, lukewarm as lukewarm, you know, punny, um, bad dad joke uh but he's still kind of uh yeah I, I was just gonna help out and then i'm gonna head out and i you know and you still kind of have that it's relationship me, but, but han and, and leia are kind of starting to like each other and and you got this whole thing and then luke has to go and, and and meet yoda so it was a it was a i would say a little bit more of a complicated storyline it wasn't as linear you had these kind of branches that came and it was just more more things going well, on there's a lot of just different folds to the storyline and back to the edit i had to write this down because i can never remember because of my old brain but the atst is, is an all-terrain scout transport so from what if i remember correctly the at atat or adat as, as it's correctly pronounced that would be all-terrain attack transport okay so and that makes sense. Thank God we cleared that up because now I can sleep. Right, you're gonna you're gonna have a ton of hate mail. Yeah, phone would be ringing off From the all hook. five listeners. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, you've got that. I mean, to kind of to summarize that movie, you've got that main scene. You've got uh the 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 kind of scene on is it Yav not Yavin four? That's a different one. What is this? What is the planet that uh. Yoda's on that he lives on Dagobah Dagobah so you've got that planet you've got Hoth and then you've got Cloud City and you've got the asteroid which I think asteroid kind of would be a, a third or a fourth um 
area environment or whatever. Oh, yeah, there's so much. Um, but I, I just, I love again what they do with the relationship between Lando and Han is like, these guys know each other. They have a history. Like they, there's, there's more to it. You, you're not just like, Oh, the stagnant, boring, like, Hey guy, can you help me out? We're in a, we're in a pickle, you know, like yeah. there's like, Hey buddy, old pal, like, Hey, I, I you see you're, you're, you're treating my ship. Well, ah, your ship, that's my ship. I, you lost the fair and square, you know, yeah, that, that like same band must have done it gambling as you find out later. But and the other, I mean, they're friends that, you know, even when they first approach Hans, like, I don't know how this guy's going to respond to me. Cause Lando comes off kind of pissed off and then all of a sudden he hugs him and Leia even asks Han, do you trust him? He goes, no, <laughs> But we need his help right, right now. Right. So, I don't trust you either. Though. Yeah, well, yeah, that, and that's Hans' nature. <laughs> who, do I, but, who, who do I trust? But he but. doesn't trust Lando at all, and then you find out why later on, and turns out Lando was doing the best he could in a situation right. that his hands were tied. Yeah, he was he was doing the best he could with what, what he had. Um, and and then, which, uh, if you haven't, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably have seen most, if not all, of the Star Wars. But even people who have not seen any Star Wars movies uh, or, or whoever even watched the movie, they know who Darth Vader is, yeah. and they know that Darth Vader is Luke's dad, his father, and that he's the the, the biggest villain of all time, possibly, and yet you still know he's one of the biggest heroes from the franchise. Father, right? So what a whole huge fold that is for the whole franchise. And and that's exactly what I was going to touch on is the fact that in the middle of this trilogy, they introduce this crazy twist in a plot that. Darth Vader is actually Luke's father, and uh, I, and this is just getting too technical in my brain. But uh, apparently, that line "Luke, I am your father" is misquoted. Yeah, it's actually "No, I, I am your father." No, I am your father. Because he says, you know, did did Obi Wan tell you about your father? And he says, Yeah, I said that you killed him. And he said, No, I am your father. And what I what I wanted to mention before is his screaming like a you know young woman a young girl when right. he hears that just cr- going on and on i found it funny that he reacts so strongly to that and yet he walks up on uncle owen and aunt brew right. burned oh. he doesn't even respond he turns his head like oh well that sucks but now i can leave you right know, no response at all that <laughs> oh. always kind of bothered me. and and These i people raised you what's wrong with you also in the rewatching, and i don't know with, again we rewatched it with the extended version and we, we might get into that in a later episode what the differences are but there were some things that were added in like a re-release of all three of these trilogies that were added digitally scenes enhanced, digitally yeah. enhanced yeah. yeah um i don't know if this was part of the digitally enhanced but yeah definitely see his aunt and uncle They're like scarred. like Dark, to a Chris, like you don't just see like some smoke in the background and you're like, oh, okay, they guess they burn. Like you see their charred bodies. Like that's pretty intense. And it was like that was that's not digitally enhanced. That's all. It okay, was. so that that was just in the original. Charcoal remains. Like you see a skeleton body that's burnt. How it's do like, you not how... respond more? Just oh my god, how do you not have more emotion than he had when he sees? It? He turns his head slightly. And that's all he does. And so you have that where where you don't see that, but I can imagine the first time you're seeing this like. Oh shoot! Yeah, Ooh, they're dead. They're yeah. like dead, dead. They're like you're not just back. like like. And it's one thing to get shot by a blaster in this, and it's like, oh okay, yeah, they, they fell down. Fall over but like rock. to see that that was pretty. I'm sorry that that just something that I remembered is when I first watched it again because I guess I never paid attention. I'm like oh god, like that's 
Wow, that's even that's zombies insane. don't come back from being charred to that point. Right. Yeah. You're you're yeah, you're yeah, you, they're you gone. Can, you can go do whatever you want in the city now, Luke. You're you're not tied down to yeah. the farm anymore. And he even says that later on. Well, I have no reason to come back here. Right. Um, but yeah, so the the big reveal that Luke, I am your father, that that whole thing, which that one instance is probably up there with a lot of other really, really good movies in terms of most influential scene in a cinematic in a movie uh in in film history um you know i was a young kid and i still remember people talking about frankly i don't give a damn yeah Uh, i'm king of the world i mean those are the types of things that like like i said even if you've never seen star wars you couldn't tell chewy from leia you know that line who said it and who said it to who right yeah it's it's permeated pop culture that that much yeah um so what a lot of people like to point out is Empire Strikes Back ends on kind of a downer note. It is a downer note. Um, and people did not, I guess the, the fans didn't respond very well to it. But looking back on what you now know about what happens in Return of the Jedi and, and kind of looking at this as a whole story and not just an individual movie, I, I enjoyed Empire for what it was, Empire Strikes Back, for what it was. But as a fan watching it in real time, I can see how people were like, man, this is really dark. Han gets frozen in carbonite. Uh, Luke just loses his hand. You find out that uh, that's actually his dad. And so that it's a good movie, but depending on where you're at in your life, when you see that, because if you would have seen it live, you you probably wouldn't have liked it. And you, you don't know? know that there's another movie coming. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's, like, this is how it's going to end. Those two movies. Right. This is how it's going to. The end. last one ended with a medal ceremony, and everybody was cheering. What the hell? You know, and at the time, I didn't realize that it was so poorly received as far as the negativity and oh my right. god, canon. But ironically, now that you say that, that's what makes this point even more valid. I guess. Most of my friends, this now with all these movies that have come out, but even just the original trilogy and the, the first three after that, I, that sounds strange, but one, two, and three came out after. So that's yeah, yeah, right. All my friends, at least I would say three quarters of them that, are, you know, and most of them are Star Wars fans to some degree, even the females, the males, it doesn't matter, dogs, cats, everyone. They say pretty regularly that Empire's their favorite. So it's strange how much that's turned since when it first came out and now oh i like that it ended on a down note that's why i like it it's more to real life and all that stuff so people's tunes do change over the years once they find out more of the story you know right exactly and that i guess that's my point is if you look at it as a holistic an overarching storyline you see it like if you were to watch for example infinity war and not know that there was if you didn't know there was going to be another one or didn't know how they like you'd be like wow this really is uh yeah i, I uh, probably don't want to watch this again yeah news was probably more uplifting that so you end on that uh just a little bit of fun facts that kind of came out because i'm i'm a fun fact kind of guy i guess i've always been like the history and you're a fun fact guy. fun fun fact guy fun fact fact, fact. fact. i'm sorry sorry what um fun fun fact no, guy i don't mean to give you oh man bad self gosh i'm gonna have to go work out after this uh but one of the things that they said about han and uh the his i keep calling him han but the actor that played han um harrison, harrison ford. ford what he was he wasn't signed on for a third movie 
So basically by them freezing him in carbonite and having this kind of unresolved, like he's just going to go off now and be in Jabba's palace. They were setting themselves up. Decoration. Yeah. They were setting themselves up for basically a cop out in case he didn't sign on for a third movie. Because they didn't want to introduce another actor. They didn't want to introduce like Lando kind of was going to be that guy that filled the void of the like smuggler cavalier guy that, you know, is a smuggler. That's kind of wise. You trust him, but you don't trust him. Right. You don't know how loyal he is. Right. So that kind of what was going to be the the replacement if Harrison Ford didn't sign on. Because you got to remember at this time, Harrison Ford was also doing Indiana Jones. So it was right around that same graffiti before these Star Wars movies. Yeah. So he's not he's not a low, you know, he's he's not like looking like I got to get work. Like he's working with George, like not only filming other movies, but filming other movies with George Lucas. So it wasn't like he was like trying to figure out what his next movie was. Um, So that was kind of interesting. Uh, Just some other things that were kind of interesting that some fun facts. Apparently. The film or the uh, Hoth scenes were filmed in, I think, Norway, I believe is what they said. And it was during one of the worst winters, apparently, in the country's history to a point where they were snowed into a hotel at one point and they couldn't film anything that they, they were losing time. They were losing out on filming days. And so they literally just put the camera up to the hotel window, put uh, Luke, uh, 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 Mark Hamill in his outfit and said, Hey, run across the parking lot because it's so snowy right now that nobody's going to know the difference. And just, we're going to film you from inside the hotel. Like that, that's how bad it was and how, how much they were just like, we got to, we got to keep moving. Like every movie that I've ever heard of being filmed, they are always behind schedule, but that, that was kind of like, okay, we're going to stay here warm in our, in our hotel rooms, but I, we, we still need you to shoot because we can't lose out on any more time. And you can't tell. Yeah, no, you can't. There's no way that you would ever be able to. I, I still, I tried to, I, after learning that fact, I tried to look for it. Me too. And I can't, I'm like, I, I don't know where this is. Where, yeah. where is this, uh, you know? And uh, another kind of fun fact is that uh, during the scene where uh, R2-D2 falls in the swamp, uh, he actually, and he sticks his little antenna up. That is actually a scene that was done in George Lucas's pool because they ran out of time on the set that they were recording on and had to like, they just ran out of time. They had to, they had to do it someplace else. So uh, that just kind of an interesting, you know, behind the scenes of, you know, you, you see all these and it kind of just flows these, all these scenes, but they're not, you know, sometimes it's, it's not what you think. And there's a lot of work that goes, they, none of this was guaranteed. There was a lot of work that went into getting it to what, what we see today and, and how we appreciate it today. Um, so then Return of the Jedi comes out uh, and you've got this, uh, this again, uh, new worlds and some new things that you're being introduced. But it's interesting choices on, they go back to Tatooine. So they go back to Jabba's palace to go rescue Han. And I, I thought that it was a very, it was a cool way to, with the way they infiltrated the palace and how they kind of, had that whole scheme, like they, they sent the droids first, yeah, the droids go and then first. and then they sent C three PO because keeps wanting. No, nah, we right. should just go. And rightfully so, they didn't tell C three PO the whole story yeah, because otherwise he, like, he would have blown it, and it was probably better that he didn't know because his reactions were genuine, and he would have given away something to Jabba. But then Chewie and La, uh, uh, Leia come in, and 
Leia's disguised and then Leia gets Han free. And then, then at the end, you know, Luke comes and he keeps telling Java, you know, you better give up now. But I really enjoyed this movie for the, for the different characters and the different aliens. I love the Rancor scene. I think that it's awesome. I think that it just, it it adds to like the, the variety of characters and monsters and aliens that exist in this world. Like you see, you see uh, this giant slug Jabba guy who, like, you just, I guess, uh, kind of take for granted that he's the the kingpin of the the you know that area of the galaxy, and you've got that that alien, and you got these crazy the Sarlacc dancing girl, out of the, sand, the Sar- I, yeah, that's the, one of my favorite scenes where they're all battling the, the part where they are about to escape, right. and finally Leia kills Jabba by pulling the chain around him. I mean, that that scene's amazing too. I mean, so well done too. Yeah, they they the you got Boba Fett and you got the things and that, Leia looks great in a bikini. That's part of the reason. Well, yeah, that and that's that's an interest. I, Drugged up or not? Well, yeah, there there's some, and I think it's pretty much and you know well, we don't well, want to talk about bad about the dead. Carrie Fisher is is you know uh, has passed away and actually I the visited guy, her grave right next to Debbie Reynolds, so I'm okay. Oh, okay, so you got to pass. I've been to Hollywood to see that. Yeah. Um, but so she so she's passed away, and then actually the guy who played. Uh, uh, Chewy passed away recently yeah, too. Just which recently. Han Solo, I, or, uh, I keep calling him Han Solo. Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford at uh, he is when they, Han Solo when they uh, when they dedicated Galaxy's Edge, which is the new park in uh, uh, Disney uh, California Adventure Disneyland. Oh, yeah. California. Yep. He actually uh, yeah, uh, I actually recognized saw under construction when I was out there visiting uh, Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher. Okay, yeah. yeah, and and so that just that was just uh, released, just opened. And they, uh, he actually mentions, uh, the guy who played, uh, Chewie and kind of like gives him kind of like an homage or like recognize him for what tribute for what he did. Um, but yeah, there is some, uh, there's some, uh, some rumors or some confirmed things that, yeah, I guess during this time and, and while she was filming, um, yeah, she, I guess she was drinking and into drugs. Like there's different scenes that I guess you can tell that some of them are hung over and you gotta, you gotta imagine. I mean, these guys are mid 20 something up and coming actors. Everybody knows their name. They got money out there. Wazoo. They're partying with rock stars like rock stars. So, you know, she was pretty hot, so she could probably do whatever she wanted. Yeah. Well, and you got, so you have all that going on behind the scenes. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a miracle. And, And anybody who knows or has done research into these movies, it truly is a miracle that these movies came together as well as they did. There, there's a lot of external factors that played into how difficult this movie was to produce. These you said movies. there were days that they'd have to just cancel shooting because she was so hungover. That's right? yeah. That's what I heard is that there's some days that they actually, yeah, they, they lost because she just, she was too, couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, She's a pretty main character. You know, she can't do it without her. Yeah. And, and so they were dealing with all that and then the, the, the you know, scheduling and budget restrictions and everything else. Um, but that all being said, like I said, the, the, these movies that you just you see this picture and this world and, and they really they kind of they push the pedal to the metal, so to speak, in the this third one in Return of the Jedi. And they just do an outstanding job of having all of these uh, different environments. And I, that's why, like in, in terms of my favorite movies, this is definitely one of if not the you know, right up there with Empire. Uh, yeah, I've always movie. liked, I mean, people say that Ewoks cheesed it up, but I think they were legit enough that 
Return was kind of always in my heart, my favorite of, of right. the trilogy, at least. And then, you know, even after all the other ones, I like Solo at, as it came out. I really like okay. that movie too. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you completely, you know. And and it's, yeah, so the Ewoks, I, I want to touch base on that because they're definitely worth talking about for this movie. Um, one of the things is re-watching it uh, that I, I kind of noticed is they really drew parallels and I've heard that they kind of, they wanted it to be kind of like a Vietnam, like you got the native, you know, less technologically advanced people sure. up against the empire. But for me, it felt more like a, um, even in the mannerisms and the languages, which by the way, Ewok language is my favorite. Nub, 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 nub. Yeah. You know, like that, that language is my favorite, you know, the, 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 the fact that C-3PO can translate um, yeah, no is, is my, I love that. And, for me, though, it, it felt more like a relationship between like the Native Americans and said like some of the first settlers or sure. some, you know, it, so, that's that's kind of what it, it felt like to me. And I thought that was a kind of a cool that they, they're they're still, you know, these types of themes of these like I don't want to say underdeveloped civilizations, just less technologically advanced. And these these characters, this, this has this whole they they the society and that they 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 choose to live off the land you know, a little more than we do I guess right they they have these this big forest moon of Endor and and I thought I just I thought that was kind of a, a cool a cool way to to have them with without it being you know that they they have value they they save their asses to be completely honest well and, and speaking of that I was kind of confused I, and I, maybe it's because she's you know getting preferential treatment because she's an attractive woman how come the Ewoks don't want to cook Leia, but they have no problem, you know, making Luke, Han, and Chewie the main course of tonight's meal when they capture them. That's kind of, until C-3PO shows his, you know, godlike powers. Uh, the I only... think it's because, I think it's sexism. I think it's because Leia gets her way because she's a pretty woman. Well. And I'm not a pretty woman, so I'm a fan. No, well, I don't know about you, Mickey, but there hasn't been anybody who's tried to roast me for dinner lately. Well, that's so, true, I guess. so maybe you're more of a pretty woman than you, you think. That's true. You. Yeah, it's worked so. Far. The only thing that I can think of is if you watch uh, the scene right before they all like because Leia kind of gets uh, separated from the group. Is she actually she meets Wicked meets, w. Warwick? Yeah, yeah. She meets him, and so he she's, knows she's good. I suppose. I think he, he kind of vouches for him, and the rest of them are kind of. They they're like they look dangerous. They got yeah. they actually caught yeah, them in that them. trap, and yeah. so that, that's the only that's my only uh, way of kind of piecing that together. All right, I'll allow it. That's a good rationalization enough for me to allow it. And the Ewoks, I mean, since we're talking about them, and you talk how they're a little more primitive and, in nature, the fact that they have all these resources and they're because they're obviously war, warriors, and the way they can take down these ATSTs with their logs smashing together and coming at the head of one and rolling the logs down the, the hill and toppling one over. I mean, throwing the rocks at the, yeah, the rocks, the stormtroopers and yeah. all that stuff. I mean, it's pretty amazing what they're doing with limited resources. So right. it's cool how they, you know, wove that into the right. overall tapestry. The bows and arrows. They're still struggling though, against, you know, the lasers and the guns yeah, and this technology, they can't keep up but they're still, that. you know, they're, they're holding they're their own for the most yeah. part. They're yeah. finding new ways to take down these, you know, huge pieces of technology. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a very iconic, I think that whole, that, that forest moon Endor, that whole scene, I think is very iconic. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the land speeder, uh, chase. I thought that was great. I, I think I even had like a little land speeder toy with a stormtrooper at one point oh, and yeah. like how they kind of 
their outfits, their their uniforms look different because they're on that planet yeah. compared yeah, to when they're on the Death Star. The movies, yeah. And I, I think that's interesting how they were like basically saying like, okay, we're having a functional uniform here, so you need to have your uniform different depending on what planet you're on. Even even Tatooine and you know these other these other planets, the Death Star and things that you know it's they, they kind of shift and change to to basically. Uh, change with their environment. Well, and the action figures even, I mean, they were like all different types of stormtroopers. They would actually have like Imperial stormtrooper or just right. regular. I mean, depending on the setting they were in, they actually had a different title even. Mm-hmm. So that's how far they went with that. I mean, even, even today with uh, the, uh, we, I think we might've touched on or talked about Funko and the, the pops, the, their, uh, their line of, of toys. They actually have different, even today, different types of, Stormtrooper with different uniforms too. That they yeah. they capture that um, pretty the, well. The outfits, the names, and everything. Different, yeah. The Imperial guards, all you know, the red, and then there's like a shadow trooper and all that. So there's a lot. Yeah, they, they it's creative the way that they they're able to to do that. Differentiate. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the end battle, the big you know uh, philosophical you know good side, dark side. Or Father. I should say, light side, dark side, and come over to the light side, come over to the dark side. Father versus son. Father versus son, and the empire, empire, emperor in the mix. Yeah. And how that all that relationship happens, um, and it's it's interesting. Uh, I guess in some of the earlier drafts, they actually wanted to have the emperor because he knew Darth Vader was getting old, and he saw the potential for Luke. He actually, they some of the earlier drafts of the script was. The Empire basically doing this kind of like crazy, you know, political Game of Thrones style, um, you know, uh, scheming. He actually wanted to have Luke kill Darth Vader so that Luke could be his, his new. Because would have taken over at that point. And then, yeah. Right. And that he would have given over the dark side and then he could be his new, you know, servant or whatever. But then Darth Vader actually was going to say to Luke, no, I want you to become the dark side. But I want you to help me kill the emperor together. We can team up. Yeah, it, it, so there was there were some things they they were, they were kind of right up until the end uh, establishing. Oh, we we kind of glassed, glazed over the fact that Luke and Leia are brother and sister, twin brother and sister, yeah. and then, nonetheless. So and they um, did. I counted. They kissed at least twice on the lips. So if you throughout the series, if you've kissed your brother or sister less than twice on the lips, you're doing better than Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill. So might be a redneck, even in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right. Um, and that, that obviously, so you get that in return of the Jedi, you've been revealed that Darth Vader is Luke's dad and empire. And then you've got the reveal that Luke and Leia are twin uh, brother and sister in return of the Jedi. Uh, so that was, I mean, that, that was a big deal as well. Uh, but the fact that at the end of the movie you get to see Darth Vader uh, as who he is, and you kind of understand, okay, like he is very much machine, and, and um, Obi Wan touches on it, and we find out later where where that comes from, why he's so much like his core basically in his head are the only things that are actually his at this point. Is you find out where that comes from, but I always thought that that was a very I liked that scene. That when he finally takes it home and off. that he does have the good in him, as Luke keeps talking about. Right. The other thing I want to point out is, I, you know, and I've always kind of wondered this, but it especially came to my, you know, foresight the last time I saw How un- uninsightful is it of the Emperor to keep um, pointing out to Luke that 
yeah, let your your hate control you. And it just reminds Luke, oh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I got to stop. Right. If you just shut up and stop trying to. But maybe that kind of ego just, oh, I'm going to bring you in. It's too late now. But like you say, Luke just kind of goes, oh, you're right. I got to stop doing that. I'm not going to yeah. do that. That's my dad. Right. You know, I know right. it's going to get It's kind of like the bad guy at the end of the movie that's like giving this big long speech about how he did it and why he did it. And let me, now I've got this knife to you. Let me tell you about all the things yeah. and the reasons why Instead I did what I did. And I'm going to give you a chance to come up with a plan on how to defeat me. So, you know, that's yeah. kind of, it's the same, you know, that, that same old trope, you know, exactly. once it, but I, in, I mean, um, not. It's kind of a cliffhanger, but it's kind of interesting that we'll see if uh, if anybody has seen the uh, preview for the newest Star Wars movie. And this is kind of we're trying to build this and get through the this trilogy and the next trilogy and kind of do a rewatch before uh, the episode, the episode nine that's coming out. Um, and you hear in the the preview, you actually hear the Emperor's laugh. So yeah. Up until literally up until probably what two months ago, you don't like the, you just take for granted the fact that the emperor's dead. So that is yeah, he, that is new news. Darth Vader threw him down that endless pit. That is new new news that has been what 25, 30 years in the making. Thirty yeah, years, forty years. What has it been? Almost forty years now. Yeah, since nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. Um, that it that he's actually still the emperor is still alive. So that that's kind of it's kind of a cool uh, that they're still revealing those Easter eggs. They're still having plot twists. Kind of like the tie MCU back. Where people right. aren't necessarily dead, though. You, you've kind of concluded that they were. That yeah, they're tying back to that original, which they they've done a good job of doing that. Anyways, the newest movie is um, called The Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Yes. So so go if you haven't already, go and and watch the trailer um, for for that. Uh, it, it's uh it's good. And we're like I said, we're going to be touching on uh, the the later movies as well. Um, that that's kind of what I have. Any anything else that you wanted to touch on as far as the the original trilogy? I mean. Again, we could we could do a single episode. We could do a whole series of episodes on each movie, uh, but we're kind of we're keeping it to the tr- each trilogy per per episode. Well, I mean, just just the fact that each movie does come to a climax, you know, like like the Avengers movies, this massive battle scene that just gets you your heart pumping and your goosebumps, and 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 the fact like in Star Wars, you kind of got two things going on. You got you know good versus evil with the Emperor kind of you know baiting Luke on and, and father versus son. And this is where it's, you know, we're going to find out who wins if it's the dark side or the light side. And yet in the background, you know, somewhere else you've got the rebels conquering the Imperial troops on Endor so that they can shut down the, um, um, the, uh, for the death star. So the, they can destroy yeah, it. The, uh, the shield, the shield yeah, generator. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so you got all that going on in two different places and, and then you can see why the explosion, Oh, we've won. And then you see the, celebratory scene at the Ewok village afterwards. Right. It's, it's a nice little conclusion. Yeah, they, they do the, the film. It doesn't feel like it at any point, like the, the, the story, the plot moves along at a, a good pace. You yeah. Know? You know, it doesn't with feel, all these things going on at one time. It doesn't feel like there's stagnant, like just dialogue for the fact that for the sake of dialogue, you it, it, you, you've got, you've got a good, like it, it, it contributes to the, the plot. It flows along as well as one of our podcasts, I would say. Right. Yeah. It, uh, and I'm going to take a yeah. bathroom break now. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No awkwardness at all. Uh, the magic of editing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I've got. Um, if I guess, like I said, 
what so we we touched on this a little bit earlier. So your favorite in order of your favorite, most favorite to least favorite in the original trilogy. I would say Return and probably I'm just being biased and, and non-committal. A New Hope and Empire are the, are equal to me. I'm not going to okay. say one's lesser than the other because I think they're all amazing. But I, like I said, I always had a fondness in my heart for Return for some reason. I can't even explain it because I've been ripped right. on for it. Well, you like the Ewoks. Yeah, I guess I do. It's all right. I mean, and, there's other stuff going on. And I, yeah, I think... Princess Leia looks really hot in a metal too, so I mean... I wonder, I wonder how many kids had or teenagers had oh, posters of, tell you, the <laughs> of her. Were yeah, a plethora. Let's of keep them this uh, PG, uh, yeah. but uh, but yeah, you could you can imagine that she was uh, pretty popular uh, with the with the young with the teenagers back then. Um, and yeah, similar story for me. I, I mean, rewatching it, I did. I really enjoyed. Uh, for me, I I enjoyed uh, Return of the Jedi, but. I think for the longest time it's been Empire, Return, and Star Wars, which is kind of ironic that people think of. I mean, so I think some people really do enjoy the first Star Wars, but for me it was just it, there was just so much more going on, and it was just I, I enjoyed uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. I loved I loved being able to be introduced to different worlds and seeing the fight scenes in those worlds. So for me, that that's that's why I. Well, I it's a nice. That climax to the all three movies too i mean they, they tie it well together yes and, and bring it to a nice conclusion because you don't know that anything else is going to happen after that one. right and then so since and since then they obviously have built on the story and and did not only go back which the genius of, and we'll talk about it with the prequels i love the the, the way that they released the prequels afterwards i like i like that storytelling where you come in the middle of the, the story and then you know talk about well, I what think that how was george lucas's design was because that's where the the heart of the story was was right. in the middle of the, what are essentially nine stories, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Well, this is where the the meat and the potatoes really exist. So if there's going to be any success to these movies, this is where it's going to land." So yeah, yep, um, yeah. So that's that's kind of all I've got on on Star Wars. If there's anything else, oh, I anything. could talk for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. We're probably going to end this at some point. Yeah. Um, just a, a couple corrections from the last episode on uh, Avengers Endgame, which. If anybody was paying attention, some people might not have paid attention, but I because I because I'm I'm trying to do do produce the best quality podcast for for we, you guys. We know as perfect as we come off, we are imperfect. Yeah, after sometimes all. you know we 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 mess up, but I said <laughs> so. In case you were confused in in Endgame, where you uh, missed that part where Loki was talking to. Tony Stark's AI. That's because I said Tom Hiddleston instead of Tom Holland and happy or Friday, not happy. So no, oh, yeah. Tom Holland was in the end scene where, that he thought where everybody was told it was a, a um, Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man uh, that everybody was told it was a wedding and not a funeral. And happy was talking to Morgan Stark, not Friday. I didn't even catch that. One. Yeah. So that, that, that was a little goof on my part. Um, that 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 was I mean, I'm sure that I messed up or I, I you know stumbled over something that I said incorrectly, but um, feel free to email us and let us know if, if that is. I think maybe um, I talk so fast that I can't even tell what I'm screwing up because it happens so readily and frequently. Uh, so yeah, well, that's what I got going for me. If you talk fast enough, nobody can pick up yeah. on your mistakes. Exactly. Um, but other than that, I guess kind of to round out uh, our episodes going forward, what we're going to do is kind of 
what what personally we've got going on uh, as far as pop culture and, and movies and TV shows. Um, and then uh, just kind of if we've gotten any fan, which we did get an email. So we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, but for me, uh, so I'm, I'm re so we just got done rewatching star Wars. I'm actually, we're, uh, Mickey and I are going to be trying to, to refresh our memories and rewatch the couple movies that Spider-Man was in, in the MCU to prepare for, uh, the release of, uh, star Wars. Yeah. I'm talking about stars, Spider-Man far from home. Uh, so that would be civil war, uh, Spider-Man homecoming. And since we already saw we just saw Endgame, probably infinity war, Give or take, if any, I can I can leave without Finney or I've seen it a couple times now that sure. you know, but just to kind of refresh our memories. So that that's coming up. Uh, so be look be on the lookout for a kind of a, a movie review of the next uh, Spider Man movie. And then uh, my wife and I are going to an outdoor movie theater uh, actually this Sunday, and we're gonna see. Well, I didn't know it was outdoor. Yeah, we're we're gonna I see. I love that experience. Uh, that's so cool that they're bringing that back when they. I and yeah, if you can find one, if you live close enough to like, you're very blessed. I grew up in those things. I mean, they that, were yeah, it was very. Was, it was a more of a popular way. Was, yeah, and I loved it. I always had a good time with those. Um, but the the double feature that we're going to is Toy Story four and the new uh, live action version of Aladdin. I highly doubt that we're going to be able to stay uh, for Aladdin because it gets dark about quarter to nine. Uh, this time of year. The oh, they have a baby. Yeah, we have a baby, and we'll be there till midnight plus if we stay for both movies. Because you got to remember, they don't start until dusk so for the first the, movie. It's not the fear of the dark. So, thing. yeah, no. Well, I'm afraid of the dark for other reasons, but that's we won't get into that that's on this. this kind of dark. Yeah, that's a different, different. Uh, um, Stranger Things. So, and I, I, I wanted to rewatch the, the Toy Story movies before that, but I'm just not going to have time to do it. But uh, from what I've heard, everything about both the movies, uh, but especially Toy Story, I guess. Uh, last time I checked, there was an article that said that uh, it has not gotten a single negative review on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a perfect for a score movie. for the fourth movie in a children's animated Pixar. That uh, wasn't originally written as a story like the trilogy of Star Wars. Right. It was written all as one story. Right. These were just made kind of piecemeal right. after, well, this one's popular. Let's make another one. And it's getting rave reviews. It's, it's, so I'm, I'm really excited. I know, I know our, uh, our daughter, who is what? just over three months, three and a half months old. She she's not going to, she's not going to be, uh, too excited or, uh, I saw her drooling. Yeah. She's I think that's what it was drooling for, for other things, but, well, well, maybe. uh, but yeah, so that's, that's what I got. I go, I, you know, like I touched on a couple of things that Mickey and I both are, but any, anything you've got coming up or anything no, that I mean, we're preparing major, for or? other than just preparing for um, far from home, which I'm yeah. really looking forward to. So, right. Um, maybe watching the rest of the Star Wars movie. Cause now that I'm back into it, yeah, I yeah, and and yeah, I guess for future upcoming, we will be yeah, we will be redoing an, a future episode on the prequels, not not necessarily the next episode. So if you got any uh, episode ideas that you uh, would like to us to do, we'll uh, we might put out a poll on Facebook or something to try to get some more feedback and see what you guys are interested in. But we'd love to uh, do a topic that that you guys would like to do, you know. Uh, even if it's a movie that we haven't seen before, and that might even be better if we could watch something fresh and kind of take our takeaways. Like I've never seen the movie Dune. I don't oh, think yeah. I've ever I've seen. Um, like I never really watched closely like the Predator, or the Alien franchise. Like there's Close Encounters, you know, a lot those. of those kind of movies. Um, so if any anything, go feel free to suggest it. Um, or even and, if we just could improve on some of the things we're doing already. Not that that's possible. 
Right. But maybe some kind of segment coming at it from a different angle than we normally have. Uh, yeah. Our, our listeners, I think, already realize that Mickey is the uh, the epitome of perfection. And I, I don't, oh, I, yeah. he can't, it, it's not like he can yeah. get any better. Uh, it's so, thick in so here. We, we, we slow down. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, go ahead. And, and uh, we, uh, you, you know, if we post anything and you see it, Feel free to comment and, and, like I said, either that or email us Monty and Mickey at gmail.com, M O N T Y A N D M I C K E Y at gmail.com. And that brings me to my next point is that we actually got a fan email. Woo! Yeah, making it bit uh, waiting all these so, months so, for it. So right now, uh, in in the Monty and Mickey email inbox, we've got Andy from Google, a Google security alert, and Bob. So we're really, really barn burners over here. Okay, so I uh, just wanted to just I I love it, and, and uh, we just want to you know praise you know I guess kind of t- make sure we give credit to people who are actually contributing to the conversation. But we don't want to forget um, anyone, but. You know, and, but what but what he what he said, and, and if you email, and unless we're getting hundreds of emails a week, which is not going to happen, if we get five emails a week, I, I want I, we will read them on the podcast. Uh, As for now, yeah. But so uh, I'm not going to use his real name, but I guess he goes by Hump Hump Diddy. He's gone by a lot of things, but <laughs> Hump Humper. Humper, hum- hump, hump Diddy is the okay. latest version. I'm, I'm not going to ask too much about yeah, that. We can leave that. <laughs> um, but he he, he said. The, the, so the subject line is OMG exclamation point. Can't wait for more episodes of Monty and Mickey show. Love the geekdom. How regular are you guys coming out with new podcasts? Is this going to be a regular thing weekly? My major best wishes wishes on your podcast. Um, and he, he just basically asked how, how are we, how is he going to know about uh, what, when the new episode comes out, if you like, and subscribe, uh, no matter where you are on, uh, you know, your, uh, uh, I, I want to say Twitter. It's not Twitter, but like Apple Podcasts or or uh, any of these other podcasts. Spotify, um, Spotify, uh, so any of those. You can uh, just hit uh, subscribe or like or something, and it should give you a notification. Like if you subscribe to the Apple Podcast, it'll give you a notification that there's a new episode that went out. Um, so we usually, I try to turn them around in a day or two after we record. But uh, we're, that is our goal: is to be once a week. So to answer to answer his question, uh, the best way is to just subscribe and like that uh, particular platform that you are uh, listening to the podcast on. And I have connections. I might know this guy, so maybe right. I can tell him individually. Right. But at some point, we're going to have so many fans; it might be a little difficult to do that. Yeah, you you'll. And a lot of what I say is tongue in cheek. If you haven't figured that out, so. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, that's that's all that's all I got to for today. We went a little bit over, but I mean, for the fact that we did three movies, I mean, it's a kind of an iconic franchise and three movies. We kind of covered and we it quickly. Were able to shut me up so, in less than an hour and a half about some of my favorite movies of all time. So. Right. Yeah. I, what you're not seeing is the hour and a half of editing that I'm pulling out of this yeah. and trying to make it look no keeping um, me in my chair. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's that's all we've got for today. Uh, I guess, like I said, if you got any ideas, feel free to email us. Uh, contact us. Let us know. Uh, re- I guess review us on on iTunes. Let us know what Good you or think. Good bad. We just want um, listeners. And we want feedback, and we want you to participate. Yeah, and we we love to you know have the have those conversations more than just you know Mickey and I having that. Because uh, we do that plenty at work already. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess 
that's that's all I've got. Uh, and uh, as, as we always say, getting old is mandatory, and growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. What's going on?